You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, you do so richly bless us, um, and it, it's easy to lose sight in the midst of our challenges and hardships and struggles, uh, how richly you do bless us. Um, and I do pray that as we're gathered now in your name, that you'd be in the midst of us, and certainly uh, um, I need not my power or my words, but we need your power and your words to go forth. And I pray in that which we offer this day, that ultimately the one that would show up and the one that we would hear from is you. Um, and that you would be indeed our, as you promised through your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, that you would not leave us as orphans. So I pray that you'd send your Holy Spirit to be our strength and our comfort, our help, our advocate. And this I ask and offer in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, again, I'm really glad to see you all today. I'm grateful that we have this. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. I thank you that we have this time this time together. Uh, the, the benign unsettling of the Holy Spirit uh, is, um, is the title. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Is the title... For today, I remember a while ago I was talking to a guy and he, he used that phrase. If you all ever experienced that, that's one of those things that stays with you, the benign unsettling uh, of the Holy Spirit. And and my hope this morning, and we'll see, um, is to some degree for us to have uh, some conversation. So um, we'll see if my questions are rhetorical or not. Um, and invite you to share as, as we reflect on this together. But I begin, and this is so... Um, unusual for me, kind of, I guess, with a story of sorts. Um, and one of the things I was going to tell you is, is much to my surprise, I've become a man of routine. Um, I don't know about y'all, but uh, particularly when I was younger, my personality is such, basically, that I that I tend to avoid routine. Um, I just, it, I find it uh, a slow death. Um, and, 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 and that just speaks to my stability, right? Um, so I, I've just tended to sort of resist routine, but I, but I find that I'm now I've become a person of routine. I, I get up between 4.45 and 5.15 um, every morning, uh, and that's, you know, that's just, you know, boom, there it is. Um, you know, Sunday through Sunday through Saturday, that's, that's the deal. It drives Paula crazy, um, and that's another story um, for another day. It just, it, I see some of the wives like, yes, I couldn't stand you. Um, it drives her, it really drives her crazy. But so I get up between 4:45 and 5:15 uh, with with my dogs. Um, it's uh, it's an assisted wake up, um, and uh, with with my dogs, and we go um, into the kitchen. I open the back door, out onto the back porch. I get Bo's bowl, three scoops in his bowl. I put it down there. He eats his. I go back into the laundry room. I get Maple's bowl. Three scoops and a little water because she's a puppy. Um, and, and sit and Bo's Bo eats his breakfast literally in like five seconds. Um, it's gone and he's in. Maple has her breakfast, and then um, I then I'll some I'll often I'll go and I'll lay down for about ten minutes um, after that and just kind of like okay just kind of re regroup and and get ready and then I put my shoes on and uh, grab some poop bags from the uh, from the kitchen and and the leashes and it used to. Because it's early. I mean, nobody's saying is up at that point in time. It used to be I just leave them off the leash at first, and we go, we go on our way. But now I have to put them on the leash because um, there's so many construction sites on our street now that um, there's, you know, there's trash and there's chicken bones and there's this and there's that. And my dogs are just like 
you know, right, right toward, uh, right toward those. So anyway, we get the leash, put the leash on, and we go down uh, to the crosswalk. We live right behind Edgewood Elementary School, and at the crosswalk, I take their leashes off. I mean, this is all. It's like you know, bum, bum, bum. Uh, it would, you know, it, it it's pretty. It's boom. You know, at this point, I take their leashes off. They take off down the crosswalk over to the playground, and this is really going to be a shock to you. We have a morning route um, that that we go, and and so all this by way of saying, um, well, I guess you could say that my dogs have me trained um, is one thing that you could make. But again, I you know, I become uh, I become a, a person of of routine, and I again, I never dreamed that I would be. It's so exciting a person um, that I would do the same thing um, every morning again and again and again. <laughs> uh, and, and, and there it is. And yet, um, well, let me just stop there and ask you this. What about y'all? Are y'all routine people? Um, again, this could be, do you have your set routine that you go through uh, every, every day? Let me ask you this, why? And again, this could be rhetorical or not, but yeah, why, why do you do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just got, to some degree, it's like yeah, muscle memory. You just yeah, you just do it. You don't have to think. Yeah. Any anyone else? Why do you do? It's a sense of security. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Very very much a sense of security. Um, any anything else? Someday yeah. you may not be able to remember uh, how to do things. Yes. You do the same thing the same way every day long enough. Yes. There's a pretty good chance you you got you'll do it longer maybe. A- absolutely. That's what I think about it. Absolutely, it is funny. Yeah, that um, that muscle memory that kicks in. And, you know, we obviously visit folks, some of whom have you know whatever Alzheimer's, dementia, what have you. And it's interesting. You know, a lot of times if you go into the Lord's Prayer um, or the twenty-third Psalm, you know, even though I mean they'll they'll join right in on some of those because they 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 know that um, they they retain that. Uh, well. Uh, I, yeah, I share all that with you because again, yeah, I think the the biggest thing for us is it gives us a sense of stability uh, and it gives us a sense of security and and really, in all honesty, that's you know that that's not a bad thing. I mean, God is not a God of of chaos. Uh, God brings order uh, and He does bring truth and and clarity and stability. I mean, those are those are gifts from God uh, given to us. So in a way, it's again, it's not a bad thing to have stability. Uh, it's not a bad thing. Um, to have security, uh, and and yet, um, part of what I want us to think about this morning, part of what I want to sort of look at over the next couple of Sundays, and we'll look at some different biblical texts and so forth, but um, I, I do believe that um, periodically, uh, in God's loving and gracious way, the benign unsettling of the Holy Spirit, I do believe that God comes and uh, nudges us. Uh, I do think that God... Um, disrupts us, uh, and again, it's it's a it's it's benign, but I think God does come, um, and and if you will, upset the apple cart for us uh, because of His love and His and His grace. And let me ask you this question: um, Why do you think that is? And again, this could be. I know I'm just putting you on the spot here, so. Um, he wants our security in Him and not in our. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a, it's a great answer. Yes. Yeah, once our security in him and not and not in our routine. And you see things differently when it's disrupted. Mm-hmm. And the routine looks different. Absolutely. You see things you didn't see before. Absolutely. Even you know it's funny, isn't it how um 
you know, if you go out of town, um, I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot sometimes. You go out of town and you, uh, yes, I mean, to some degree, as uh, as Buckaroo Banzai would say, wherever you go, there you are. Um, and we do take ourselves with us. But even if you go out of town sometimes for you know, a weekend or a week, it can you can see things in a way that you don't when you're in your in your day-to-day surroundings and your day-to-day routine. Yeah, to enable us, I mean, to enable us to see where our true strength and our true security rests, to be able to see things that we typically miss, um, um, that we often don't see. Um, any anything else, y'all? Well, one thing I'll say as uh, as well as we as we begin to think about this um, is. In, in thinking about it, one thing that we're saying is is a belief uh, that that our God uh, is is living and active. Um, so that's one of the things I want to uh, put out there for you today: that, that we have a God who is a living God. We have a God who is an active God. We have a God who is uh, involved um, in our in our lives, not just in a, in a generic way, but in a specific way. I'm looking at you. Kathy, I'm not going to like not try to make you feel awkward, um, even though maybe I am. Um, uh, and you, Margo, for instance. But one of the things I love is our Advent and you, Robin. I mean, one of the things I love is our Advent House prayer ministry. If any of y'all have ever gone for prayer at the Advent House and I've gone for prayer myself, Paul and I've gone for prayer. You know, I've been an intercessor at the Advent House. But one of the things that's always amazing to me at the Advent House is and, and it, you know, it's, it's always powerful and moving, not always in a, you know, exciting fireworks way or anything like that. But one of the things that's always clear to me whenever I participate in prayer, whenever I go for prayer, is a, a knowledge of a God who not only is, is living and active, but actually has a knowledge of and a, and a personal love and concern for me. Um, it's, that's one of the amazing things about it, to actually experience a God who doesn't just sort of generically love who's not just generically uh, involved, uh, but actually has a a specificity in the way. It's like, you know what, Uh, the words of encouragement, the words of truth, that that word which says what we all hunger and long for, to say God says, you know what, actually, yeah, I really know you, um, and I really care uh, about you, and I I actually speak uh, words of uh, of truth uh, and hope uh, into your life. Again, not just generically, but, but specifically. And I thought there's a lot of different biblical texts, um, but uh, I thought what I would do, we read from John 14 this morning, um, and I thought I would read to us and let this be the, the launching point, the, the, the base for our conversation this morning. But John 14, if you remember, it's a, it's a uh, well... It's a chapter which is which is rich and which is full. It's Jesus with his disciples in the upper room. It's a time of, of tremendous fellowship and teaching and and revelation. And even as I say that, uh, it's a time of, of revelation. It's a time of re- revelation that they really don't get at that particular moment. Um, God speaks and God reveals. Can can any of you relate to that? It's like okay, you're maybe you're clear, but I'm not. But I'm not getting it. And so it's it's going forth to them. But at the moment they're they're grief-stricken uh, and they're and they're rattled because, of course, he's told them, "Look, I'm go- I'm going to be crucified. Uh, I'm going to be handed over. Um, in a little while, you will see me no longer. Um, but but do not fear. Do not uh, be anxious." He tells Peter that you're going to deny me three times before the before the cock crows. 
I think it's safe for us to say that's unsettling, um, that uh, Jesus is saying that all of this is going to happen. And John 14 begins, of course, with that portion, um, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. And Jesus says, I'm going before you to prepare a place for you. And at the time appointed, I will come and I will take you to myself, to the place which I've prepared for you. Uh, and that's and that's where it begins. Uh, and But then listen to this. This has long been... Um, one of my uh, one of my favorite portions of of scripture, and this is 1415 is where I'm picking up. Jesus says this: If you love me, um, you will keep uh, my commandments. And this isn't, uh, in, in my estimation, my understanding, this isn't an admonishment, but it's a statement of truth. Um, you know, if, if, uh, as as it's not like you know we're we're doing this so he'll love us, but in in loving that person. Those commandments aren't aren't burdensome. They're they're things that actually begin to bring sort of security uh, and and power and, and meaning um, into our lives. So in that sense, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's just like um, you know people that you not in any perfect way, but people that you love and care for, you invest in, um, you 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 care about, you're involved. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper. To be with you forever, um, and what, let me uh, a word I'm going to say the 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 Greek word is is paraclete. Uh, parakletos is the Greek word which is which is used. And and um, and here, let me say what is really significant because and maybe this will uh, in your uh, in your ear maybe you remember hearing it's a word which we translate with multiple words um, and it actually it kind of jumps around a little bit here. Sometimes the word is helper. Um, sometimes the word um, is advocate. Sometimes the word is counselor. I'll send you another helper. I'll send you another um, advocate. I will send you um, another counselor. And there's a significance. Um, uh, the comforter uh, is the other which is given. Now I'll, I'll send you another comforter. So what is that? What is that saying to us? What what Jesus promises? There's a richness to it. There's a fullness to it. There's a depth to it that one word in English isn't sufficient to describe what he's promising to give. Um, so uh, that word, paraclete, parakletos, uh, it has all these different meanings. And, uh, and I'll say this, when it when it talks about, uh, I'll send you another counselor, when he's talking about this gift of the Holy Spirit, the word counselor, well, let me just ask you, when I say that, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah, mine is kind of like camp counselor, right? <laughs> you know, camp counselor, marriage counselor, uh, you know, what, whatever. I'll send you another counselor, and we'll go off to camp together. Um, actually, but it's more of a, it has more of a sense of a, of a legal um, sense. I'm going to send you uh, basically a representative. Um, I'm going to send uh, for you uh, what it also uses advocate. So basically someone, you can imagine in court, charges are, charges are pressed against you, and what he's saying is I'm going to send you um, a counselor in the sense of someone to defend you, um, someone to uh, represent you. It's, it, you know, it's not a, it's not a counselor in the sense that, listen, I love a camp counselor, um, but it's saying, you know what, I'm going to give you something so much more. Likewise, um, comforter, when it's promised as a comforter, um, if, uh, if you go, um, to the, to the Latin, the, the word, well, let me ask you, when you think of comfort, what do you think of? You know. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not especially deep. I just think, you know, a nice comfortable sofa and a pillow and, you know, maybe the game's on. You know, comfort, right? It's uh, yeah, exactly our comfort, 
um, comfort food. When he's talking about a comforter in the Latin, what it means is a strengthener. Yeah, comfortare. Um, so what, it, what he says, I'm going to give you another comfort. What it means is someone to strengthen you, not just to sort of give you a hug um, and, you know, a pat uh, on the back. Or it's, again, also translated um, advocate in the sense of um, legal, uh, you know, someone to be your advocate. And the last one is is helper. Uh, and helper, of course, is, is, a, is a great word, but it's a word when it speaks about God as our, as our helper, um, it's often misconstrued because when you think about helper, what do you think about? Particularly if you have kids. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want your help. <laughs> you know, you think about, you know, somebody who's your helper. Typically, it's, it's, so, it's something sort of condescending. It's like, all right, you know, you can be my, you know, you can be my helper. Uh, and you can hold this. Uh, uh, and just please, you know, don't use it. Um, just... But just but just hold it. Yeah, it, it, it tends to be sort of almost a, more of a dismissive or, or, or condescending when you think about a helper. Or when you think about helper, you think about um, uh, someone who is subordinate. Um, but now God is described as our helper. Um, so is that a subordinate um, or is that a weak? Uh, is that um, ineffective? Um, no, it's, it's one who uh, having all the power and all the ability yet comes to be our helper. So let me let me go back to reading this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. How about this amazing promise which which Jesus gives? I mean, he speaks to them, and they're, yes, um, they're, they're, they're unsettled, um, but he's giving them something infinitely greater, um, something infinitely greater, a power um, that will be with them, a power that will be with you and with me. Uh, and you you know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. Uh, maybe when you think that first, um, when you hear that, um, you know him, maybe your first thought is like, yeah, I don't know that I do. Um, that, yeah, nice of you to say, there used to be this woman I would visit just she was this uh, lovely Nanette Griffith was her name. I don't know if any of y'all remember Lovemans. She was the fashion director for Lovemans back in the day. Nanette Griffith was her name, and she was. You remember Nanette? Yeah. She she was this always this just uh, beautiful, elegant, uh, lovely. You know, even even into her uh, even into her nineties. I mean, she was just again just always lovely and always uh, elegant, and she was very bright and very well read. And she'd always say, "Well, of course you know." And then she'd go into something. I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> she was, you know, and she'd reference something. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. I have no idea uh, what you're what you're talking about. It says, you know, you you know him, and you might think, you know what, I I, I don't. But but here's the amazing thing: we do know him because he makes himself known to us. Our knowing him isn't based on how much intelligence you or I have, um, or how much sort of depth. Um, that we have to, to dig down and define. We, we know him because he makes himself known to us. Uh, he is the one who actually brings to our mind and to our heart and to our spirit the knowledge of him um, by, by his presence. I, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. 
Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him, uh, is what he says. And then he goes on, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, uh, neither uh, let them be afraid. So I'll pause. I'll pause there for just a second. Any, and you don't have to. Any immediate reaction to that as as you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will not leave you um, as as orphans. Um, Jesus says, "I will not leave you comfortless. Um, I will not leave you. Um, we will come to you, and we will make uh, we will make our home with you." And he goes on to say, you know, uh, it's also referred to as the Spirit of Truth. Um, will lead us and to guide us um, into um, into all truth. So the we see that God is living um, and that God is is active, and he and he wonderfully graciously um, uh, addresses our spirit of fear. Um, I, I don't know about y'all, but I <laughs> I'm driven by fear more than I like to admit. Um, fear is is often. Um, fear and anxiety are often the driving forces in my life, and I'm, I'm sure I'm unique. Um, I imagine y'all don't um, experience that in, in, in your lives. And uh, wonderfully, he comes to promise um, not to leave us with the spirit of fear, as Paul would later say in Romans, but the spirit of, of sonship, the spirit of adoption, God's sons and daughters and heirs uh, of all of his uh, promises, and, and to wonderfully um, unsettle us um, from our grasping, uh, from our clutching, from our fear, from um, our anxiety, to deliver us to some degree from our routine, to give us to give us a greater um, security than anything that we can that we can fashion um, on our own. Now I'm, I'm going to share. We're getting closer to time. I'm going to share another story, but um, uh, a question I want to ask us this morning, as we think about, I mean, uh, I mean, one of the questions is. I think that comes to us again and again and again is is basically um, how do we discern, right? How do how do we how do we know? How do we how do we make decisions? You know, you you, you want to hear it right, you want to get it right. How do we, you know, what do, what do, what do we look what do we look for? How do we discern? How do we make decisions? Uh, I've got a few things to share, but does anybody have a uh, response to that? I uh, it's it's funny. There's uh, have any of y'all ever done the Alpha course before? Or heard about the Alpha course? There's a yeah, it's a great uh, the Alpha course rocks. I, I love the Alpha course, and and basically what it came out of this church, Holy Trinity Brompton in London. And um, if any of you heard the name, not that you have to, Nicky Gumbel was was actively involved, and he wasn't the only one. But it's this it's this fabulous. Uh, it's designed in some ways to be kind of a short course in Christianity, um, not in a not in a dry academic sense, but sort of asking the questions of life and addressing, you know, who is Jesus? Why did Jesus have to die? Why and how 
um, should I read the Bible? You know, who is the Holy Spirit? How do I discern? How do I make um, decisions? Sort of answering and addressing these um, these basic questions. And, and wonderfully, Nicky Gumbel did not start off as a Christian, which in some ways makes him a wonderful person to teach this. He was a he was an attorney. Um, who basically, you know, he was too smart for God, um, had no interest in any of that, any of that jazz, and God wonderfully, graciously intervened in his life, uh, bringing him to a place of conversion. But in one of the sessions on that, they they give some CSs on on how how do we know, um, how do we discern, and and one thing that that I'll that we see about the work of the Holy Spirit uh, is that. Uh, one thing um, the the spirit does is it it, it unifies. Uh, it, it, the spirit unifies us. The spirit um, fills us. Uh, the, the the spirit, yes, to some degree, sometimes at first it unsettles us, but ultimately it brings um, clarification. Uh, it uh, I will. The, it talks about the spirit of truth. I will lead you and I will guide you um, into all truth. The the, the spirit um, fills us and the spirit um, sends us. But he uh, they give five. Um, CSs, and I, I think they're great. You're welcome to agree or disagree on that, but you got to love that they're five CSs um, so that you can perhaps remember, you know, how do we know? How do we make decisions? How do we hear um, the Holy Spirit? The first thing they, they mention is commanding Scripture. Uh, how, how, how do we know this? The, the Spirit reveals to us the truth of God. It leads us to the truth of God. How do we, well, you know, commanding Scripture, things that speak specifically. This guy is driving me crazy. Should I kill him? Um, commanding Scripture addresses that. <laughs> no. Um, no, no, you should not. Uh, I don't like that guy. Should I love my neighbor? Um, scripture Scripture speaks a word of truth uh, and, and, and clarity. You know, is God going to be with me? Does God care about me? There, there's commanding Scripture to address these things and it and often the spirit leads us and actually opens have you all had this and I've certainly had this before you know you've heard a passage of scripture for years right you've heard it since you're a kid again and again and again and then one day whether it be a Sunday or whenever it suddenly clicks and you you hear it in a way that you've never heard it before you see it in a way that you've never seen it before you're like you know what I how did I miss that um, for all these years, the, the Spirit will lead us to the truth of God's Word and will open um, the Word to us. Sometimes it's it's a compelling spirit. Um, and, and some of these, granted, um, there's a there's a challenge in these in that, um, you know, there is there is discernment of all. But sometimes it's a it's a compelling um, spirit which drives us, which makes us clear. What we often talk about is that that nudging, um, that nudging that comes from God, that leading that comes uh, from God. God, and sometimes it can sound kind of cheesy, but you know, God puts a person on our heart, right? Uh, he, he puts a person um, on our uh, on our mind, and you know, we're uh, there. There's a there's a compelling spirit, commanding scripture, compelling spirit, circumstantial signs, counsel of saints, uh, and common sense uh, is the last one. Is to say that the the belief in the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean we're not allowed to have common sense uh, and and to use with the wonderful grace and guidance of the Holy Spirit, the, the common sense which has been which has been given um, to us. The Council of the Saints talks about discerning together. It doesn't always just have to be us, right? We, we draw upon one another, particularly in things which are more significant and substantial to, to get uh, circumstantial signs. I'll tell you all a story. Um, when first uh, summer of seminary, seminary is a three-year 
program, junior, middler, senior uh, is what they call it. And between the junior and the middler year, that first summer they have you work as a hospital chaplain. And the poor people that they let you loose on because, you know, they've, you know, you're, you're green and they send you out and say, okay, go, go minister. Um, and so you're, you're working as a hospital chaplain. And why, where I worked one time, um, well, where, where I did my, um, what they call CPE, clinical pastoral education, uh, one night a week we would, uh, spend the night there at the hospital, you'd be on call. Um, and so, you know, it was, you always felt like, you know, uh, the kid, everybody else is going out to the playground. You have to stay inside. You know, they'd be leaving, and there you were for the night thinking, I want to go with them. Um, but once a night, you'd be on call. And I can remember one night praying, um, you know, Lord, I, I pray that you'll guide me tonight. I really want to be of, you know, I really want to be of use um, to you. I really pray your presence and your guidance that I might indeed serve you um, in, in, in some way. You know, it's it's up to you. You know, uh, I'm, I'm Greenwood here, but... Hey, if you'll guide me, I really want to serve you. Well, um, the God answered that prayer and then some. Um, so it was a very active night after that prayer. You know, God used me. God guided me. And, you know, being called into one um, situation uh, after another, and you know, basically all of which were beyond were, were beyond me. Um, but the sense of God's presence, the sense of God's leading, the sense of God's guiding throughout um, all of all of that. And I remember one of the things that happened that night is I got a call from the daughter of a man who was there at the hospital, and she wanted me to go and say last rites for her father. Well, pastorally, I thought, you know what? Uh, let me see how he's doing. I didn't want to do the Monty Python, you know, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And the guy's like, I'm feeling much better. Uh, and, you know, they whack him on the head and throw him into the wagon. I said, well, you know what? I didn't, I didn't reference Monty Python when I was talking with her on the phone, but I said, you know what? The, as soon as we hang up, I'll go up there and I'll visit with your dad and um, and we'll check on him and we'll pray with him. And I said, I'll, you know, leave me your number. I'll call you back uh, and I'll let you know, you know how your dad's doing, etc. Well, I go up into his room and he's on a ventilator, so he's not able to speak. And um, so I go into his room and I can remember walking in and I go up to his bed. And, you know, it's kind of awkward because, again, he can't talk. And so I'm standing next to his bed and I'm praying for him silently, and I'm also praying for him aloud, and I can remember after a while I, I began to get a little anxious, Lord, I don't know what to do here. You know, should I stay? Uh, should I Should I go? I, I don't want to stay, and the guy's thinking, gosh, I wish he'd go already. Um, and, and I don't want to leave and have him say, you know, I wish he, I, I could have used some more prayer. I wish, uh, I said, Lord, I really, I, I need your guidance. I don't, I don't know what to do here. Um, and, and basically, almost right after I prayed that prayer, he reached out and he took my hand, um, and he held, uh, and he held my hand. And, and of course, I remember that because it was such a, a clear um, response to God's prayer. That would that would fall under the category of circumstantial sign. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, God, I, I think I, uh, all right, I, I, I get. Uh, it's not time for me to leave yet. So, as before, you know, praying some silently, praying some aloud, and then after a while began to get anxious again, thinking, you know, Lord, you know the deal. I've got nowhere to be tonight. Uh, here I am, but, I, I, you know, let me know when when to stay and when to go. I don't want the guy thinking, I wish I didn't have to hold his hand all night. Um, you know, Lord, guide me. Um, and so not too long after I, I prayed that second time, uh, he reached up his other hand and he went like this. <laughs> and I just thought... You know, thank you, Lord. That's exactly the kind of 
clarity I need. You know, you got to just make it real simple, real uh, unmistakable. Yes, uh, here is God. Here is God speaking to. You. That's exactly. Uh, that's exactly what I needed. Well, as you, as you might imagine, I, I share that with you. That's that's a rarity in my life. Um, it's it's rare that it's that quick, uh, and it's rare that it, that that it's that clear and and unmistakable. But I but I share that with you because. I mean, God is alive and active, and he really is with us as our helper, as our comforter, as our advocate, uh, as um, our counselor with us uh, and guiding us uh, and desires that he might draw us to himself, that we might know the security uh, of his presence. And also, he wonderfully leads us out beyond ourselves, which is a great gift, isn't it? On those on those rare occasions when we get beyond self-absorption, isn't it fantastic? Um, when you actually uh, begin to focus on something outside of yourself, on on God, upon um, others being being led um, in that way, and I and I share that with you because again, that's that's unique, and and sometimes it's uh, uh, most of the time it's not um, that clear, that accurate. But I do feel as if God gives us those times. To say, you know what? I'm I'm real. Uh, I'm alive. I'm 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 active. I'm 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 here. And so, I'll continue on. We've more to more to say next week. But I, but I guess what I would leave you with um, is that we have a God who's living, who's active. He desires to be known to us. He desires to reveal Himself to us. He desires to be our, our true strength and stability and security. And what I would invite you to pray about and, and to think about in your own life is is asking him to make himself known to you, uh, to ask him to reveal uh, himself to you, to, to ask for that sense of his presence and his and His guidance uh, in your life. And then ask what I always ask, and, and Lord, I pray that I'd be receptive. Uh, I pray that I would be uh, obedient. I pray that I would be responsive because I know that that's not my natural bent um, to be um, any of those things. So I invite you um, to do that this week uh, as we go forth. Let, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks that you do not leave us, uh, but that you send your Holy Spirit. And I pray for each person gathered here, individually, but also for us collectively, that you would indeed draw us um, to you, that you would reveal yourself and make yourself known to us, and that you would lead us uh, to pray for your presence and um, your guidance in our lives, uh, that we might Yes, know of you with us, but that we might also wonderfully, graciously see and experience your power at work uh, and the way in which you lead us in ways large and small um, to reach out to others. This I ask this offer now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.